Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back on the highland, and hey, uh, we took a week off, but she's back this week. We're happy about that. Uh, Rachel Coyle from How Things Work at the Ohio State House, uh, kind of updating us on a bunch of Ohio State House stuff. Thanks for coming on, Rachel. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Well, lots of stuff happening. Uh, we had a good discussion the other week about protests. Uh, you were talking about how there's three bills, and you're kind of um, just giving an overview of them at the time and just saying, hey, here's some potential problems language-wise that might upset people on the right wing as well as the left wing of, of things. And you said there's been some updates on what's happening. What's the latest? Yeah, so there's four bills uh, that would all impact Ohioans' right to protest. Uh, okay. But two of them are moving in the House. And it's really interesting because there is now – bipartisan opposition to these bills. Um, House Bill 22 is the one that seems to be moving the fastest. It's had several hearings now in the House uh, Criminal Justice Committee, and it's got opposition from from Democrats, from Republicans, even one of the most famous uh, conservative organizations, Americans for Prosperity, has come and testified against it, basically saying that Things that are crimes during protests or riots are already crimes. Uh, mm. There's no need for this bill. In fact, all this bill does is hinder our First Amendment right to protest. So it is, it's interesting that these bills continue to move uh, because there's so much opposition to them. And, yeah. you know, just as a reminder, that two of the things that are probably the most troubling about these bills, I'd say for House Bill 22, it's very troubling for folks who were involved in the the George Floyd uh, Black Lives Matter protests last time around. There were, you know, that that very disturbing video of of the George Floyd uh, killing was you could see bystanders nearby calling to the police officers to stop what they were doing. And under House Bill 22, according to uh, the Ohio Public Defender, that action, that mental interference with the police would actually be a crime if House wow. Bill 22 passes. And, you know, that's such a, that's a subjective concept. Like what counts as interfering with someone's mind uh, while they're doing their work. So that is why that bill in particular is really, it's, it's interesting to see that it's still moving, seeing that it's got opposition from both, both parties, both sides. I, I wonder, would there be a bill, maybe not in this form, but the other way, which would almost say, what would happen if you see something like that happening and you don't do anything? I, I mean, I guess in some ways right. that shouldn't be a crime, but it would have been 
just as horrible if you know you saw that happening and you just either sat there and watched or just ran away and didn't do anything. Yep, absolutely. And you know, there's going to be if we have another incident like we saw with George Floyd and no one does anything and people just stand by and watch, there will be people calling for you know, figuring out how that even occurred with so many witnesses, with no one stepping in. You're right. There could be issues on the other side, too. Yeah, I hate to bring in a sitcom, you know, with such a serious topic, but it, it kind of reminds me of the Seinfeld finale where, you know, they were arrested for not doing anything. If someone was being attacked and they just sat and they laughed about it and they filmed it. And, you know, it, it kind of makes you think about that. And even though, obviously, George Floyd and the Seinfeld episode are very much apples and oranges. I mean, you might see something like that happen in real life, you know, just because obviously you got to protect people either way. One, if they're doing the right thing and saying, hey, something needs to be done here, or the other way is if they don't do anything. You know, it sounds like that's a time where you need to do something and hopefully you do the right thing. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, the other bill that's moving of these protest bills in is also in the House, same committee, is House Bill 109. It's had at least one hearing expected to have uh, another one or two. And the, there's some issues with that one as well in terms of how much they criminalize uh, various actions, like marching peacefully in the street, uh, which we saw lots of over the summer from folks who were the anti-mask protesters and also yeah. the George Floyd protesters, that would become a felony to the point where anyone marching in the street, even if you were doing it peacefully, could get months in prison. So the Jeez. question is, you know, how much penalty should there be for something that is commonly done during protests? And it really yeah. is a question of, you know, rights versus public nuisance and what actually the crime and the punishment should be to fit those things. Well, and, and there's a big difference if you're marching down like a couple streets as compared to, you know, you're not really circumventing the whole traffic system. Like, like if there was a march that comprised all of downtown and nobody could move around downtown, it's one thing. But most marches, especially in Columbus, seem to be in one general area. I mean, it didn't affect traffic that much i wouldn't imagine right they you know they got pretty big which is good i really it's to me it's more about the the same question we discussed last time which is yeah. how can you protest and get people to pay attention if you're not even annoying anyone if you're not getting a little right. bit in people's way uh right. so the question is you know is that punishment so intense that you're just scaring folks away from protesting at all and then are we infringing on people's rights it gets into some really deep conversations yeah and, and, and no matter how people look at it i mean yeah obviously to protest you gotta get to a place where you're annoying people i i don't like the other side of it too when they're saying oh if you're watching marching in the streets, it's got to be such annoyance that we're going to prosecute you for it. You know what I mean? It's got troubling methods both ways because I'm not even sure if marching in the street carries that much of a public nuisance that you're convicting people over. It seems very strange both ways. Yeah, and I'd be curious to see if prosecutors want to have to deal with thousands of charges against folks who are just peacefully marching in the street. That could be an issue for them as well. I'd be interested to see if some prosecutors come out to testify for or against this bill. 
Well, in, in my profession, uh, journalism, you know, we got all fired up because there was a reporter at one of our, like, in that newspaper, the Day Morning Register, uh, where she got pretty much arrested for covering a protest. And, you know, I know from our other reporters that have gotten arrested, I mean, it took a very angry and quick call from the editor of the police chief, and, you know, those got overturned really quick. But for some reason in Iowa, they wanted to prosecute it. And thankfully, the court was understanding enough not to convict her for it. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's very strange. And you would think that in cases like that, in cases like you're talking about, prosecutors should have bigger fish to fry. Uh, because, if you, because if not, I mean, hey, you may need to hire a couple other prosecutors just to try all these cases. It's kind of weird. Yep. So we'll see where those go. It's it's surprising to me, honestly, that they're still moving this far now that there's uh, folks on both sides of the aisle against them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, let's talk about a couple other things that, that's happening. Uh, Larry Householder. Now, you and I are plugged into the State House. We talked about this beforehand. We have strong feelings about Larry Householder. Let's approach it from this aspect, because I'm assuming that there's people out there say, hey, I've heard of this guy, but why does it matter? You know, I mean, the type of people who don't really invest in state government and state politics. So let's help these people out. Um, You know, Larry Householder, you know, he's facing federal charges. He could go to jail uh, for um, issues regarding um, House Bill 6, where they pretty much bankrolled his election campaign from the vote a certain way and to help, you know, convince others to vote his way on it. Um, you know, for some reason, he's still in the Ohio State House. He's not speaker anymore, but he's there. Um, I read a story from the Ohio Capital Journal this week that was kind of chronicling that, yeah, they keep saying they haven't made a decision yet, but they said this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it seems like they're putting things off. So, yeah, to you, to me, uh, to other people, to say house, to other reporters, we're all kind of shaking our head that it just seems to keep going on. But to maybe the public out there says, well, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Remind people why this is a big deal. Yeah, so Larry Householder is connected to, he was indicted uh, by, mm-hmm. you know, the, the FBI came in, he was indicted by a federal grand jury for what the, one of the, uh, one of them called the, one of the U.S. attorneys called the largest bribery and racketeering scandal in uh, potentially Ohio history. So it, this it involved tons of money yeah. to uh, campaigns of many, many different Republicans and politicians running for office, running for reelection. Um, it involved a bill that got passed under questionable circumstances, and it all, you know. And- I think we may have lost Rachel here for a second. Um, um, Rachel is, we'll get reset, but as we're waiting for Rachel to come back, um, yeah, the Larry Householder thing, I I was telling our audience as you were setting yourself, Rachel, um, yeah, very significant what happened. I mean, we're we're talking lots of money involving a lot of Republican uh, people, and it's very strange. I mean, Householder um, still is at the Ohio House, and there's a lot of questions on what happens next. 
Um, a lot of people have spoken out against Householder, but for some reason, you know, he's still in office, and, and it makes it um, very strange. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Larry Householder as well. Um, let's close up really quick. And I know Rachel's trying to get back online, um, but let's talk at the end. One of the things to think about Ohio State Housewives is um, COVID. Uh, the, with what's happening in COVID, as I think we got Rachel back now. Hey there. Hello. Okay, she's back. Um, so I was telling our audience as we were waiting um, with, with Housewives, obviously, a clear, you know, it, it's something if I say, hey, Rachel, vote this way, I'll give you a $10 bill. I mean, that's wrong. But I mean, there was a lot of money going to a lot of people, and it was really beyond the pale. And, you know, as Rachel said, it was one of the uh, biggest cases in Ohio history. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, as Rachel resets herself, let me uh, quickly talk about COVID-19. Uh, something else that happened this week, uh, we chronicled it in our morning show, as well as our uh, some of the other discussions we had. Uh, Mike DeWine lowered the age. So starting today, if you're 40 and up, you can uh, sign for a vaccine, which is really good. And starting March 29th, if you're 16 and up, you can sign for the vaccine. So very interesting to see what's happening there. I, I see two different things happening. I see there's a lot of vaccines available, which is good uh, for Ohio, the country, and for us that's eligible to get a vaccine. I think at the same time, Ohio is a little bit, in terms of Governor DeWine, a little bit cautious because obviously you don't want to reopen too quickly. But also there's some variants out there that thankfully haven't affected a lot of people here in Ohio, but it's something Ohio needs to be careful about. So in my opinion, I think uh, the governor is kind of walking a fine line um, to make sure that we reopen, because I think the public would like that. But at the same time, you know, we do it safely for one. But secondly, we do it in mindful of, Let's make certain this variant that's out there doesn't get too worse. So, um, kind of my personal opinion, let's move ahead. I, I call it kind of dipping your toe in the water, but don't dip it too far because we don't want to go the other way. But it sounds like, as of now, we're doing a good thing. So, no worries. Well, um, our apologies. Um, Rachel had a little bit of a tough time with her signal, uh, but it was finishing out for her. So, thanks to Rachel for checking in today. I uh, had some computer issues today, but no worries. Um, you can check her out on Facebook on how Ohio things work at the Ohio State House. One more time, how things work at the Ohio State House does a really good job of explaining what happens in the state and how it affects you. And a very good group. Um, we love having Rachel on, we, and we're in talks about Work together more in the future, and we'll let you know about that as soon as we figure out what we can do. So, again, thank you for checking out the Highwind. Thank you for um, your patience with us for some technical difficulties today. Um, but we will have this up, and we're, we're excited to continue sharing uh, news about Ohio and pop culture. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.